Right. You grow some hair back. Your uh, <laughs> your brains are frozen. No, strong male leadership is uh, baldness. No, I don't. I don't think it is. <laughs> I don't think that's a qualification. All right, here we go. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Another episode of the Principal Leadership Lab. We are joined today by a very special guest. Adam, we are in, I'm not going to introduce you yet, but we are in episode seven of season number two. How are you, Adam? I'm doing great. We just came out of a cold spell up here in uh, behind the cheddar curtain. It's been like negative 20. I know. That is so cold. I mean, it is, it is, I think it hit one degree here in Illinois, but I mean, that that's, that's cold. I'm, I'm not ready. I mean, it's, it's, it's like you said a cold spell, like, you know, it's just feels like it's been a week or two of winter. I'm already done. I'm done with it. It's got to be about a year ago that you came up here to visit and it was a cold spell during that period of time too. It was ice cold. That was so cold. That was so cold, but it was fun. We got out, we, we did some hiking. We, uh, with our boys. Went out with the guys. Yep, that was a good time. I yep. hope we can do that again. I don't, I don't think we can do it this year, but uh, it was it was good. Yeah, it was, it was fun. good. Yeah, well, summertime maybe. Yeah, summertime when it's a little warmer. Eagle River will rent a cabin like you did in the past. Jeep doors off, right? Yeah. That's right. Jeep doors off, top off. We're ready, ready to roll. I love it. Well, our guest today, I'm really excited about. You know what? I, I we told her during the uh, the pre-show that I and I apologized to her that she had to start her day on such a high note, hanging out with Ray Hewitt <laughs> on the Teach Better team on that morning daily drop-in, and she's going to end the day with us, Trenice Brown Warrens. Assistant yeah. Principal at Jackson Middle School. Trenice, how are you? Oh, man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's an honor to end my day with you guys. It truly, oh, is. Thanks. Thank you. It truly Thank is. Yeah. At least, at least one of us, and I won't say who anyway. <laughs> I won't either. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you. I know that you've got, you know, you, you've got, you're out there in, in Oregon, and you've still got, you know, close to two hours left with students. So we appreciate you uh, taking some time with us this afternoon. Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, that's awesome. How's the school year uh, going for you, Trinice? Um, This school year is like a mixed bag. Some days I'm like, this is life. Other days I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. It's just the, you know, the constant um, repeating of expectations. And sometimes you get exhausted, especially being at a middle school level, because you would think that the rules have been the same since September and that they would just come in and do it. And then you have to remember we're dealing with people and Mm -hmm. children whose their brain, you know, is higher than scientists. So they're like, I'm vaccinated. I don't have to sit apart. And you're like, you can still get COVID. (laughs) Um, They're like, but we're all friends and you can still get COVID. I mean, it's still a thing. And we have a lot of uh, safety measures in place here in in Portland to ensure safety. And it's, it's a lot on us. It's a lot on me. And, uh, some days it works out well, and other days I'm like, let's try again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's the reality of it. You know, that's somewhat comforting. Not that it's fun to have COVID in, in those realities of how students are behaving this year, but it's comforting to know that it's like that. How many guests have we had, Jeff, that have said very similar things? Between you, mm-hmm. me, guests, you know, it's it's very common, that theme that you just shared, Trinice. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's, I mean, it's the reality of school. We have to remember we're dealing with children and it's our job to educate and it's our job to teach why and a lot of that comes in with well the numbers are spiking we have schools that have shut down if you get exposed you cannot you know participate in extracurricular activities um 
And that's what education is about, right? It's continuously speaking, but that's also the taxing part, especially when you get to this place where you're like, you should know this by now, but they don't. And they're going to keep challenging and they're going to see who's going to break first. And the key is it can't be you. Yeah. Well, I know, Trinice, you and I probably remember what it was like to be a teenager, Jeff. It, that was longer. Wow. Than you. Wow. you know, we were invincible <laughs> wow. back then. Yeah. We were totally invincible. Invincible. Yeah. And it's it's how their brain works. And, and, you know, as we know, brain science, they really don't develop until about high school. Um, some people do. Some people still have issues, you know, in adulthood. But we'll leave those ones alone. But, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's just continuously holding the expectation and making it clear. Yeah, sure. I don't know if you realize this, but when you get to be my age, that happens again and you actually become invincible. So watch out. Yeah. Watch out. So, Hey, Trinice, tell us, I mean, tell, tell our listeners about you. I mean, if they pay attention at all on social media and, and your involvement with the teach better team, and if they were listening this morning, like I was, at 7 a.m. my time anyway. What time was that out by you? Four o'clock in the morning. Oh my goodness. Oh, my Dedication. Goodness. You are dedicated. I mean, I would have done that for Ray Hewitt though. I'm on yeah. team Ray. No, no doubt. I'm team, I'm well, I'm team Jeff, but uh, I don't because my my name is Jeff, you know, and don't tell Gargus that, but that's that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell, I mean, for our listeners who are not too familiar with you, I mean, tell us about you. I mean, what's, what's your leadership journey? How did you, you know, how did you, have you always wanted to go into education? Or are you more like me who had no clue that you were going to be an educator someday? And all of a sudden you somehow wind up in administration. And what's your, what's your leadership journey been like? Before she even starts, I guarantee you that her dream job was a middle school principal. I'm sure, <laughs> I mean, it's what everybody does when they wake up in the morning, right? Like as a senior in high school, I'm going to be a middle school administrator. Yeah. That, you know, I wish I could say that, but that was not my journey. <laughs> I actually either. never saw myself going into education. Mm. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in psychology and I really saw myself taking that pathway to become a therapist. Um, and then as I start taking classes, um, I really got into school counseling. So I have a master's degree in education with a concentration in school counseling. And that is how I got into education, because at the time I was living in the state of Texas and Texas says you had to teach before you became a school counselor. And so I was like, dream teach. And I was like, well, I guess if I want my dream, then I have to go into the classroom. So I actually uh, did an internship at an elementary school that later hired me as a teacher's assistant in special ed. So that was my first teaching assignment was uh, SPED. Mm. Um, from SPED, I then became an eighth grade U.S. history teacher because I said that was the only subject I was going to teach. And that was the only subject I did teach. And while being a teacher, um, I had a lot of just opportunities come my way. People who were like, hey, you should try this leadership thing. You should try this. And I was like, maybe not. Uh, but then I kept getting pushed and I'm a former athlete. I was a point guard. And so as a point guard, you're a natural born leader on the court. Um, it was my job to make sure I saw um, the court well. I knew everyone's position. And so it naturally followed me into leadership. I was a department chair. I did uh, was a teacher leader for my district for the social studies department. I did some instructional coaching I did a lot. I did a lot while being a classroom teacher. And so I hit a point in my career where um, I needed a certification and I could have chose school counseling or leadership um, administration. 
Both were the same amount of money. Both were the same amount of time. And it just came down to what did I want? And based on the trajectory of my career and the things that I was able to accomplish, leadership made more sense. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up getting my degree in administration. Uh, and then I became a teacher specialist, which is a AP without the title. It's an AP without a title. So I, I did that for a year. I saw my data for my departments increase. I had a lot of fun working with teachers, helping teachers grow, which then in turn helped students develop. And that was just a lot of fun. Um, and then I went to the district office. That's That wasn't a lot of fun. But hey, you have to learn sometimes the hard way that things aren't for you. And you have to know yourself. So if you listen this morning, you'll know I'm really big on self-awareness. So the money was good, but the opportunity was not for me. Um, so in the middle of a pandemic, I quit my job at the district office. Um, I emailed a recruiter in Portland, Oregon, and the rest is history. I am now here. So I started out as a school counselor, and then I transitioned to an AP. That is my journey. Wow. I had wow. similar uh, instances. I, obviously, I was not a point guard. And uh, <laughs> I'd like to think that uh, bench warmers can also have leadership skills, but yes. they can dribble or shoot. So that would, be, <laughs> that would be part of my journey. But I like how you uh, went from position to position. And like you said, self-aware, understanding mm -hmm. who you are and how you fit into that organization. Yeah. Money, money wasn't always a driving factor. Mm -hmm. I, too, was in the district office for a couple of years. And although I liked the work, I missed the main reason why I was in education and that was our mm -hmm. students. So yeah. I became very removed from them. And it's the first time in my career that I ever looked at a clock. I've never looked at a clock except for the couple of years wow. that I was in the district office. And again, it was a good experience. There's nothing wrong with it. It just wasn't, you know, being self-aware. It wasn't for me. So I went back to the building and here I am today. So yeah, it's, it's important because I mean, if you still have a lot left in your tank, then you should be on a campus. That's that's what I think. Mm. Oh, that's a good point. You should be driving a campus. That's that's a good point because it you know it 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 just naturally driving a campus as you say takes a lot of energy, right? Yeah. And so you have to recognize and be to use your passion, Trinice, your topic, self aware. Um, mm -hmm. That if you have a lot left in the tank or not, then you should be at the campus, right? Because it takes a lot. I mean, I've got 2,400 high school kids here and uh, believe me, it takes a lot. That's a lot of energy, you know? You know? And you, if you have something left in your tank, I, I bet, Trinice, you probably like going to lunch with your students, don't you? <laughs> most days. Yeah, most days. Uh, there, there are days that we don't, but yeah. I love that time of day. I yeah. love being in the hallway. I don't always like the gym when there's like, you know, 100 students in there with balls bouncing, but uh, the, the lunchtime chat, a lot of people don't have energy in the tank for that. And I think being on campus, you need to. I think it's a great analogy. Yeah, I um, I love it. I love the interaction. I love seeing a kid get excited to share with me what they learned in class. I love being able to know what a teacher is teaching and stop that kid in the hallway and be like, hey, what's the base? What's the exponent? How would you solve this problem? All of that to me is great because they need to know that you care about them as well. Um, or when kids are having problems and they just need someone to talk to. Like I had a young had a young man um, kind of struggling if he wanted to try out for the basketball team or not. And he sees his dad on the weekends and he was like, but I really want to see my dad. And if I make the team, I'm not going to be able to see him. And so he was really just struggling. And I got really excited because he looked at his teacher and said, hey, can I just go talk to Miss Brown about this? And he really had to stop to come talk to me. We processed it. We thought of some creative ways that he could still see his dad and interact with his dad. 
And he felt comfortable with his decision to at least try out for the team. Now, he didn't make the team, but he knew no matter what, I could still do what I want to do and find creative ways to talk to my dad. And that's that's really what it's all about, building those relationships so that those kids know that you're there for them. Mm, I love that. How did you end up in the district office? I mean, what, 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 what did you do there? <clears throat> <laughs> We don't have to go there. That's yeah, okay. let's, let's talk about something else. I had fun. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. And that's I realized good. that it was not for me. That's what I realized. Hey, that's good. As long as you realize that and you know yeah. that about yourself. And that goes back to that whole self-awareness piece, though, right? I mean, you have to be self-aware and know that it's not for you. What would you, I mean, what would you, how, how did this become a, a hot topic for you, self-awareness? Because I've heard you talk about it a number of times. Um, because I was, so I'm that person that everybody wants to put into an opportunity. Mm. And if I'm not aware what's for me, then I'm in really bad positions. And it only took one really bad job for me to realize this was not even me at the very beginning. But because I, I wasn't strong enough within myself to say, this is me and this is not me, I had to take a pathway that got me to understanding, I have to really know what's me. Um, I have to be comfortable in my skin. I have to say, this is who I am. This is what I have to offer. This is who I am at my core. And I'm always open to learning. I'm always a student. But if I don't know who I am, then I'm easily persuaded. And opportunities are endless in education, especially when someone thinks you're good. And it's really hard to feel like you're hurting someone's feelings when an opportunity is not for you and you just mm -hmm. take it. Yeah. That's pretty insightful. To, I think that's probably across the, the realm of education that many of us have big hearts, we're emotional as, as a whole. I mean, there's always the spectrums on either, right. either end of that, but that's a that's a good insight. Yeah, it's, it's important because opportunities come all the time and you have to be able to determine which one is for you and which one is best for you to pass on to someone else yeah, yeah. because they can do a better job. I guarantee you that Jeff and me, I, Jeff, I know you, uh, you like to say yes to a lot of things. I know that you've yeah. talked about getting better at saying no over the course of time. And uh, I don't know if you have, but I would assume you are because you continue to mature in your positions as well. But saying no is hard when it's yes. an opportunity and yeah. somebody's asking because they're investing in you because they see something good in you. So it's hard to yeah. say no, but definitely, especially mm -hmm. and when it's something you're passionate about and you, so I've really had to learn about my capacity so I have a lot on my plate because it's in the realm that is my sphere, right? So yes, I can say yes to that because there's a connection. I am a person that if I can't connect, then it's not for me at that particular moment. And being able to say, you know what, this is a great opportunity, but later is always better than packing it on your plate and then having regret, um, having guilt, and then not being able to maximize your best life. Like I get eight hours of sleep a night. Well, don't take last night. Last night was a different night. Was <laughs> but most yeah. nights I'm getting yeah. eight hours of sleep a night. I am at the most peace I've ever been in my whole entire life. And I am juggling a ton of things right now, yeah. but all of it is things that are important and pertinent to me. So now I'm learning, this might be a great opportunity, but if it's not in alignment, then it's going to have to be a no. Sure. And I have to be okay with that. Like I go into this thinking, if I say no, what is the best way I can say no so that I feel valued and the person feels valued? Because I really don't like saying no. I'm going to guess that the Teach Better team is the reason why you didn't get your full eight hours of sleep last night because you had to be up at four in the mm -hmm. morning. 
Well, I also decided to go to the Blazers and Nets game because uh, yeah. Kyrie is in town. You know, he hasn't played in a long time, and that's yeah. my favorite player. And so I want to make sure that I have that quality time with family. And so that's his favorite player. I didn't go to basketball practice. I spent time with my brother, and we were at the game to see Kyrie lose. Um, so that's really the reason. And, um, you know, sometimes you have to make sacrifices. And that thing about balancing life, family, and work, right? So it's it's all about it. And so, hey, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. Good for you. Good for you. That's uh, You got a lot less than eight hours then. I don't even want to venture a guess what time you got home, but you did not get eight hours. So. No, I didn't get eight hours last night, but it was worth it. It was worth it. Um, Good. Sometimes it's okay to say, say yes, and you said yeah. yes last night. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes, <laughs> but not all. all the time. I can't put... So what I learned, I, I heard the superintendent speak. Um, his name is uh, Devin. And uh, to our class, and he was talking about how he orchestrates his life, right? So he has his number, his priorities, his one, two, three, and four. Mm. And so he said that you have to understand what your priorities are and know that one of those is going to be last, but you don't want every, you don't want that same one to be last. And so recognizing that I recognize, all right, sleep is one of my priorities, but last night it came last Mm. because family is one of my priorities, right? My career is one of my priorities. And finally, for the first time in my life, I'm bold enough to say I am one of my priorities. Um, And so Baylor is one of my priorities because I'm working on my doctorate, right? So I have five, five major priorities. And within that, sometimes one of these is going to be last. That's the truth. That's the reality. But I make it a habit that if my sleep was last yesterday, it will not be last today. It might come number three right? But something has to be last. But where people lose is they allow that same thing to be last every single time. And for a a big point of my career, myself was what was last. And in education, it's very easy to put yourself last. As leaders, it's very easy to put yourself last. And then we're the ones that are exhausted. We're the ones that are resentful. Our families are, are frustrated. Our careers are frustrated because we're not giving the amount of energy and time that it deserves. And so um, after hearing Devin talk about that, I was like, oh, yeah, I need to get my priorities in line. Who am I? What do I value? And I try not to make sure that same thing is last. And one of the I mean, when things come up that are opportunities that aren't part of your priorities, they're in between the one, the two, the three, the four and the five. It's much easier to say no when you've clearly defined your priorities. Right. And also recognizing the season that you're in, right? So life is about seasons. Like right now, my season is becoming Dr. Trinice Brown Warren. That is my season. So if this opportunity is going to take that energy away from me becoming Dr. Brown Warren, it's probably going to be a no. Now, on the outside, some people are like, okay, but you're an assistant basketball coach. That helps me because I am a workaholic. And if I didn't have something outside of work, I would take my MacBook home every night. I would be on my work computer every night because there's always something to be done. But because I have to coach, I have that opportunity to say, all right, work is done. I've done all I can do. Now let me go and do something that's going to be a brain break for me because coaching is a brain break. Pouring into the next generation, that is what I love to do. That is for me. That's for me. That's a me thing. And then I'm like, all right, now I have something to give Baylor because I've poured everything out either at work or on the court. And now I'm open to receive, what is the literature saying? 
How can I put this into my lit review? How do I need to, you know, right now I'm transitioning to chapter three methods. So now I have to learn what is chapter three. So now I have time. I can start reading other people's chapter threes. I can have better questions that I can ask because I know me and I get bored very easily. And I don't want to get bored with the wrong thing. Wow. Takes up too much time. Wow. That's good. So so many good nuggets in there. You know, I think you, I love the whole concept of the priorities and, and thinking that one of them is always going to be last. I mean, let's just, let's just accept that. And based on the season that you're in, that kind of dictates which one is going to be last. Right. right. And, right. and, and be okay with that. Accept that. I love that piece. And you, you, you kind of flip some of those things on its head for me, you know, yeah. because I've, I've always been one to tell people like if an opportunity comes knocking, pursue it because you don't want to be in a position where someday you'd say, well, what if, you know, right. what if I, what if I had pursued that? I wish I would have pursued that. But by the same token, um, maybe it's okay for you to say no, because, you know, otherwise, like you mentioned, some bad things could happen. You could get yeah. tied up with the, you know, doing something that you absolutely don't like because you said yes one too many times. I love that. It's so good. Right. And then it's also you know, we have what ifs, but then we have people that are depending on us and love us. Right. So I don't have children. I have four nieces and uh, I live in Portland. They live in California and they are valuable to me. But if I never check in, check on them, how much longer are they going to know that they're valuable to me? And so I make it a point that they are very important to me, so important that I spend time with them. So again, back to the superintendent, he's a superintendent of a school, a large school district. And he had his kids, he tell us a story about when he had his kids on the weekend. So he was supposed to have them on Friday, but there was a football game that he couldn't miss, right? So Saturday came around. When they called him to do something on Saturday, he said, no, I can't, I'm with my kids. That's a superintendent that said that. So if a superintendent can say that, I know I can say, no, I can't do that today. And if the person on the other end of the line doesn't value why you're saying no, then maybe they don't really know what you value. And maybe you didn't articulate that very well, because I can tell you right now, if anybody knows me, they know if I say, oh, my nieces, they're like, never mind, go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. And go. Like I have them tatted on my arm. Everything I do is dedicated back to them. When I look at kids, I think to myself, all right, if someone was talking to my niece like this, how would I interact? Would I be OK with that? They're, they're my model. Um, and so because you know me, you know, OK, Trudy says it's her nieces. It's a done deal. I will drive across the country for them. I will fly for them like they're sophomore. I will, my twins are sophomores in high school. I'm like, what do y'all need? Like, I, cause I know what's in y'all need that. Okay. Let me send it to you real quick because I work hard. They know I work hard for them and they're, they know how valuable they are to me because I make sure that they know now, can I do this every single day? No, but I do have designated days and times where I'm like, no matter what's going on, I need to stop and talk to my nieces today. I need to check in. I know about them and I don't even live in the same state. Yeah. So if you live in the same house with your kids, you have no excuse. And I don't live in the same state, but I can tell you what classes they're taking. I can tell you what classes are easy for them, what classes are not, because that's valuable to me. It's just as valuable as knowing the people on my staff. I can't be an effective leader because I care about my staff if I don't care about my own family and if I don't care about myself. They're watching me. But what if you have eight kids? Then do you <laughs> well, good luck. every single one of them. <laughs> good luck. You got to have a rotating system. It's two. Two a day. <laughs> one of them's going to be last. No, but, but a family meal. 
right? You, this is where you get creative. You say, you know, this is our family meal. We yeah. have a family movie night, you know, whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but good luck with those eight. Yeah, but I'm pretty nice. sure you do a darn good job. They're yeah, still around. Thank yeah, thank you. It's called bedtime at seven, though. That's what it's called. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There yeah. it is. And- and That's I know the, his wife, Michelle, is actually the captain of the ship. So that helps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt about it. And all the kids don't live at home. So that's 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 true, too. That's important. If you're going to have a, it, is. make sure some of them move out first. <laughs> That's Yeah, important. I don't think I'm going to have eight. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. That's okay. You got four okay. I'm glad that he gave you his blessing that it's okay for you not to have eight. Okay, yeah, yes. you don't have to have eight, Trinice. That's good matter. <laughs> Doctor Prickett yeah. said it's okay. Now you Thank have permission. You. I, I am a doctor. You have to listen to me, pre-doc. I mean, you're almost there, so keep going, keep going. I will. You need any? You need any help on any of those chapters three, four, or five? Let me know. I've been well, through it. All right. In that I'm case, a, Jeff, I'm a pre-doc right, I look too. To it. You what, Adam? I'm a pre-doc. No, you're not. You're not yeah. even in a program. You're well, not. It, that's before, right? Pre is before. Yeah, but it 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 it's it, people will think that you're going after it, but you're not. You can't. You're not a pre-doc. You're. I don't know okay. what you want. If you want to do it, you can do it. You can do it, Adam. I can. You can. You, can, you, can, you can't do anything you want to do. Like you, can't, <laughs> you, can't, you can't play center. But <laughs> you can fly real hard. You can fly real hard. But I can jump. Yeah. Uh, okay. Before we move off this topic of self-awareness, uh-huh. Trinice, I, I just want to, I, I want, a lot of it seems to be, um, for me, it's been very hard. Adam, Adam mentioned that, you know, I, I say yes a lot to a lot yeah. of things. I do. You asked my wife that too. And she, and, and she has started to say, you are putting so much stress on me. She tells me that. And I have had to step back and realize, oh, wow all these things that I say yes to, it's got to be, I mean, of course, it's going to be placing a lot of stress on her. So I've really tried to slow down and say no, even though I don't want to, you know, right. I like to take on new projects. I like to you know, just stay active and, and I'm a high energy type of person. But, but what would you tell to somebody, you know, like, like a new teacher, let's say, like who wants oh. to say yes to everything? Like, how do you coach them through self-awareness and teach them that it's okay to say no, right? Can you do that? Is it possible yeah. to tell a new teacher that? Yeah, I think I would ask them why. I wish somebody would have asked me why. Mm. Right? Like, why? Because um, your why is, is important. Um, I can tell you that I did all those things because there was things about me that I felt like my job would fulfill for me. And this is how we become those educators or those teachers that are so tied to our jobs that we aren't reflective of enough to realize that something is no longer working or something is no longer us because we're so held tight to it. And it's like our classrooms become our kingdom. Like you cannot speak in my kingdom. Right. And so I would ask that person, why, why do you feel like you need to do that? And what benefit is this going to have for you um, right now? And how is this adding or subtracting from your responsibility of educating students? So so nothing ever gets in the way of my day job. So like I travel weekends to Baylor, right? I literally will not miss work on Monday because I know how important it is for me to be here on a Monday. Now, that means sometimes my traveling, I have to leave class a little bit early and I'm doing crazy layovers and I'm getting home at, you know, 12 in the morning, 1230 in the morning. I will still make it to work because my number one job 
is being an assistant principal. Even mm -hmm. though I am an assistant coach for a high school team, my number one job is Jackson Middle School. So when my kids have a game and they go, hey, Ms. Brown, we're playing this weekend or we're playing on Wednesday, we're here, they're expecting me at the game. So no matter what, me being an assistant coach is not more important than me being there for my kids. Mm. So I would ask them, how is this adding or subtracting to the experience that your students are going to get in your classroom to master what they're expected to master? So I would say that based on what you're saying right now, in, in terms of coaching a teacher, you may want to work with them and say, can you identify the priorities? What is your why? So that when you yeah. do ask them, why are you looking at this next opportunity? It would be reflective back to their three priorities, five priorities or, or right. whatever the number is. Right. And I think we in education sometimes and as people in general, we always look to next. Yeah. You can't get to next if right now is failing because I, I'm still going to have to call your references. Right. And so your reference is going to say, well, when they were at my school, blah, blah and blah. Right. That's the truth. So you in your mind think you're going places. But if you're right now isn't taken care of, it's going to be a problem. And one thing I would tell everybody is education is a very small world. Hmm. And I don't have to tell somebody you weren't good. All I have to do is give a hmm. That's a lot. <laughs> like, hey, have you heard about such and such? Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, they well, were here. <laughs> and that that kills that kills it for you, right? Like, yeah. and, and it's all about how are you taking care of your right now? Your next will always come, but your right now is going to disappear. Mm. That's what you that's can't good. get back. That's good. Your next will always come. I love it. Yeah, that. your next will always come. And if it's the right opportunity, it'll, it'll come back. And um, so because I get a lot of opportunities, if I can, if I have to say no, I always substitute it with somebody that I think could be a good person for it. Okay. I, I've learned to delegate like, hey, I can't do that. But hey, do you know my boy, Jeff? Because he's really good at that. Now I'm passing it to somebody else who would be amazing at it because I don't want to say yes and then can't show up. That sucks. Or you're asking me to do something and I show up and I'm not what you were expecting me to be because I totally forgot or I wasn't available. So now I'm like, who, who, who do I know in my network that I could say, hey, talk to this person because this person can do it. Yeah. When, did you, when did you learn that skill? Because that's not, I, that, I don't find that to be innate in many people. So mm -hmm. to be able to say those things to other people, did it come naturally for you? You know, like you said, you're a natural born leader because um, you're a plain point guard. Or, but what about that in particular? Well, my my mom had me at 17 mm -hmm. um, and she instilled in me that I was going to be the one to be different. She said when she was pregnant mm -hmm. with me, she felt something different. Right. And uh, my whole life, she told me I was going to be the generational curse breaker for my family. I was going to be the one to do everything first. And so really, a lot of it has to do with the way that she shaped and developed me. I had no choice but to be great. I had no choice but to break the mold. And so I started doing those things and I was breaking those things. And then I realized I was just a puppet to my mom, not in a bad way, but she was controlling everything. Like I literally be like, hey, mom, I got this opportunity. What do you think? I couldn't think for myself. And so when I got to the place where I was like, wait, I actually have kind of outgrown my mom's level of understanding of my career. I have to make some choices. And I use what I learned from her and what I learned from other people who poured into me. And I recognize, yeah, I have to make some choices for me. Because at the end of the day, I'm the one that has to live with this. And there was a lot of things I said yes to that I dreaded. Mm. 
Well, I imagine that your mom is really proud because that, that feeling as a yeah. parent, I know you said you don't have your own children now, but when I see my own children start mm -hmm. to take the things that we've tried to teach them and we didn't know yeah. for sure if they understood or if they learned it, yeah. but then we see them as they're away from the house making decisions, one's married, and I see those things take place, man, it just warms my heart to know yeah. that we played a small role in that as a husband and a wife to yeah. uh, to grow those children into what you're explaining right now from your mom. I bet yeah. she is just happy as can be. That's awesome. That's all. Well, Trini and I am glad you said yes to us to come on the <laughs> lab today. Yes. yes. <laughs> One yes that I hope you don't feel yucky about. <laughs> oh, yes. No, this was good. I mean, I listen, anytime I get a chance to share my story and to be able um, to speak on things that I'm passionate about, it's always great. We need good leaders and we need people mm -hmm. that understand that this thing is not as easy as we make it seem. Oh yeah, that's for sure. Right? Be like, we make it look good. We make it look like it's a walk park, walk in the park, and then people get into positions and they're not ready. The number one thing is you have to be self-aware and ask yourself why this position. What are you trying to do? Is it for your title? Are you chasing, you know, something, or do you know, or do you think that the influence that you are gifted, right? So influence is a gift. Mm. Not everybody is going to want that gift from you. Some people are just not going to, they're not going to want it. Like I have people who look at me from my age. I'm 35. I just turned 35 last year. So I look young, but I'm not young, right? Like I have a lot to offer, but it's a gift that they have to be able to tap into. And I have to find a way to meet them where they are. And that's work. Everybody's not going to say, oh, you're an AP. You, yes, you're in here. Or, hey, you're a doctor. Some people are going to be like, okay, so what? What does that mean for me? And it's a, it's a journey. And I don't think a lot of people sometimes tell the honest truth. So anytime I have the, the opportunity to tell the honest, my honest truth, then it's all good for me. Well, compared to Jeff and me, you are young. So we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Right, Jeff? <laughs> but uh, you've really set up, you know, we have just a couple questions left, really. But I mean, they could yeah. be longer, but um, you set it up perfectly because when you talk about leadership and you talk about the challenges, you talked about opportunities and which ones to say yes or no to. Do you have one that you'd like to share with our listeners, whether it's a challenge that you overcame or possibly an opportunity mm -hmm. that you just said, you know, I'm going to put this on the shelf and I'm going to be better for it. Is there an example that you want to share with anybody? Mm. Ooh, that's a loaded question, huh? Yeah, we were hoping so. <laughs> we need better ratings. So we're hoping this is a big banger. <laughs> <laughs> um, something I'm going to put on the shelf, mm. you know, I think right now the challenge for me as an African-American woman in Portland, Oregon, mm -hmm. um, is, and it's kind of been my theme for this year, right? Owning my story, recognizing that I am enough. So I was hired because I'm enough. I don't have to keep fighting for my worth. Um, because you get, I get sucked into, oh, your, your life must be so hard because you're the only African-American woman on our campus. And I am, but that's not my lived experience. I'm from California. I, my mom made sure I went to all of the most predominantly white schools you can think about. Okay. Mm -hmm. Her baby was going to get the good life. And her definition of that was the predominantly white schools. That was her definition. That's what she knew. So me being the only black person in a space isn't my problem, but how do I, how do I allow myself to understand that this is what's happening around me 
and not fall into that, but also use it to a positive advantage. Because right now I see it as a, a negative, right? Like, oh man, you're the only black person there. I see it as a gift. I get to give people something that they've never seen before. Right. A lot of my kids, I'm the first black face they've seen in a building. Wow. And I'm not a custodian. I'm not a teacher. I, no, nothing to teachers, right? I'm sure. not a TA. I am a leader. A lot of them have never seen a black woman leader. Think about what that does for my black girls who have only had one example of what they can be. Now they see Ms. Brown and Ms. Brown comes up with all different types of things, right? I, I dress differently. I carry myself differently. My thought processes are differently. Every time I tell a story, they're like, wow, like just yesterday I was in class with a student and he's doing a project on Dubai. And I was like, oh, I've been there. He was like, what? I pulled up the pictures. Yeah, I went to Dubai right here. I was on my way to Africa. I had to stop in Dubai. And it's just like what you're reading. It's exactly just like that. But those are the things I get to do. Um, so being able to say, all right, yes, this is a gift that I have, but I really am still experiencing a whirlwind around me. So giving myself time to breathe um, and say, yeah, I, I am doing that and embrace the fact that I am really doing something that some people aren't equipped to do. And what I think is flawless and easy is it. And I have to give myself um, some praise for that one because it's not easy every day. Wow. Excellent. Thanks for sharing and being so open about yeah. it because no I think the, the, if we're not, then things don't change. So the more Correct. we talk about it, the better yeah. it gets. Yeah, yeah. If you can name it, right. I think that's what, I think that's what Ray was saying this morning. If you can name yeah. it, yep. you can name it, you know what you're looking at. Right. And it's the truth. Like Portland doesn't have a lot of African-American people in it. it mm -hmm. They don't. So right. now I have a choice. Do I, do I go into this thing victimized or do I go into it like a victor? And I say, all right, we don't have it, but what can I do? And this is where my dissertation topic really came in because um, we know that you know black and brown kids need representation in the building, right? But if we don't have people going into that profession, how are we helping the kids that are in our buildings? So true. And so now my topic is uh, developing APs to be culturally responsive school leaders. Wow. Because the disproportionate, the disproportionality of discipline that black children's face is skyrocketing. Why? Well, if I'm not culturally aware of my students, then I'm just issuing out discipline. Who taught me how to do discipline? Who taught you? Your certification program? Your certification program? Right. Nope. Nope. No, nobody taught us. They just said, hey, you did classroom management. Now, classroom management and school discipline, those are two separate things. Because if a student was too much, all we did was write them up and kick them out. So now we have the problem that we have. Black students getting exclusionary practices. Who takes the time to, to learn that, right? So my topic is looking at how we're developing our APs to be culturally responsive school leaders so that they can take a look at what their students are doing. Like my write-ups, talking too loud. That's so subjective. We get, Black kids are getting suspended for subjective things. They were talking loud. They seem to be rude. They know, like, do you understand the conversation pattern, right? Like conversation patterns in Black households are totally different. Literally, if I'm talking to you and you're not responding back, I'm like, are you listening? Like, hello. So if you as a teacher are talking and I'm talking with you, I'm not being rude. I'm let I'm actually letting you know I'm listening because if I stop talking now, I'm not really listening. Mm. But how do we facilitate this type of discipline? Right. So that we decrease the exclusion and increase the inclusion of our students. That is my dissertation topic, because that is what I have learned being here. 
Wow. That's a powerful yeah. topic. And, hey. and I, I can't wait to read that. When, oh, when well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to read it, Ternice. I'm going to search that up and read that. Okay. that might, might be a while. Don't take eight years like I did. All right. No, I won't. I'm, I'm, I'm good at three. So I'm going to put this out there. I want to defend by December okay. of 2023 so no, I can walk May of 2024. That is my goal. I have a crew there's a couple of us that are on the same pathway. We're, we're getting in and getting out. We have real work to do once we're done. I heard the real work begins once you have a doctor. The I'm real sorry. work. The real uh, work. Yep, yep. You're doing the real work right now. <laughs> I can't wait to see Jeff's work start. Oh, oh, wow. That was a low blow. <laughs> that was a low blow. I, I'm I'm good. That's good. That was a good one, though. <laughs> you guys are hilarious. That was quick. That was quick. Listeners, though, you you heard it here first. Listeners, you heard it. If you know Trenise, reach out to her. Hold yeah. her accountable. She's going to be finished. And then you can read her dissertation. <laughs> totally. All right. Hey, Trenise, thanks yeah. for spending time with us today. No um, one One last question. Um, All right. And it is just, it's real simply, what are you hopeful for? that we will touch a generation that wants to go into education. Mm. We are the billboard. So I tell my students, I'm a walk-in billboard, right? So I have Ida B. Wells across my chest. That's mm. the school that I coach at. Um, we're a walk-in billboard. Mm. Students will want to become what we show. So if we're showing that we're tired and sluggish and always complaining, who wants to go into that profession? Because every time I talk to a lawyer or a doctor, they're not acting the same way. And those are the profession kids say, like you very rarely will have a kid raise their hand and say, I want to be a teacher. Why? What are we advertising? That's my question. So true. What are we advertising? What are we advertising? Because what we advertise is what's attracting kids. Mm -hmm. And right now we are not advertising in a way that wants people to come in. We have teacher shortages. So, you know, we're not advertising in the right way, right? We have sub problems. I know how many of us buildings. I know I was in the classroom this week multiple times only Tuesday right I was in the classroom Multiple. last week and yep. it's not getting any better right now right so we have jobs to do but the real question is how are we advertising our jobs and it's not just the money right it's the no, culture yeah. right it's the culture because I'll work anywhere if I'm even if I'm getting paid less for the culture so that's that's what I that's it that's good. Touch a generation that seeks education as a profession. Yep. And how do we do that? We promote it. We brand it. We are the billboard. We are the billboard. We are. I love that. We are it. That's awesome. Trinice, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure no um, talking to you this afternoon. Appreciate you taking the time. You can still get out there and see your kids off at the end of the day today. I right. think right? Yeah, you still got a little bit yeah, of time. If people, want, if people want to reach out to you, Trenise, uh, I know you're on social media. How can yeah. they find you? Uh, Twitter, Twitter at Brown Warrens at okay. Brown Warrens. Yeah. Yep. If you DM me, I will respond. I actually had someone DM me this morning and I responded back. I had to tell them good morning part two because I went back to sleep after the show this morning, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Twitter, I I'm, I'm definitely on Twitter a lot. Um, you can contact me on Twitter. I'll hit you back. I love a good conversation. Um, the one thing I, I believe in is someone poured into me and they continuously pour into me so that I can pour into others. Mm. It's a network. It's a it network. That's right. It well, it's a network. And we're, uh, we're honored to be a part of that with you, Trenise, on this journey and this walk. If we can do anything for you, reach out and uh, looking forward to calling you doctor. Yes. 
And uh, yeah, let us know what you need. Okay. It's been All right. Pleasure. I appreciate you. Yep. Have a good afternoon. And Adam, we'll see you next time on the Principal Leadership Lab. Thanks, everyone.